Still muted. Oh, it looks yeah. it's frozen. I don't know if they can hear us out there. Oh. Someone's watching. You know. I thought that was you know. Yeah, but it's just frozen at Geek News now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Great. Let's see if I can force it some way, somehow out of this. I don't know what's no, going on. I just pulled hey. up the live. It's working. Yeah, we're working. That was weird. Hey everybody, welcome to <laughs> The Sith Dominion Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Dana Martin. And wow, we're coming out of the gates just like tripping. Uh, good evening, fellas. We have Cam. How are you, Cam? Doing phenomenal. Glad to be here as always. Absolutely. Glad to have you. And Zane, who's all fuzzy because I don't know what's going on with his eye webs. But yeah. Hi, Zane. How are you? Pretty good. Oh, wow. It's like watching Kung Fu. That's amazing. Get the roommates off the Wi-Fi. We're back in 2005, baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so, man, uh, we just coming off of Thanksgiving, but we didn't stop. We had a show last week, and we're having a show this week. Last week, we talked about Dark Crate, and spent a lot of time talking about Dave Filoni. And all the fun that uh, hopefully we're going to have with him in his new role at Lucasfilm. And we talked a little bit about the Acolyte, um, not just because I released an article about it, but because it really is going to be something cool, I think, with Sith lore, uh, for Sith lore and fans of seeing that expanded upon. So that was last week. This week, wow, we have a full plate again. Uh, Darth Talon. Uh, has one of the strongest uh, following cult followings of any character standalone that I'm aware of. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about her. And we're also going to talk a little bit about um, maybe some top five overpowering <laughs> force abilities, um, some of which we've talked about on these these podcasts, uh, these force abilities that are just, come on, give me a break. Um, and then we've got some other, some other news. But to start off, let's talk about the holiday. So, synopsis, high level. Give me something that was awesome about your holiday. Uh, we'll start with you, Cam. Honestly, it was. We saw a lot of family. I loved the weather. Mm. Weather was weather felt very holiday like, and um, overall, just catching up with some family members we typically only see around the holidays. So it was just good. It's a good week of travel. And fun weekend awesome. overall. And you get you head off like. Thursday and Friday, so you had a little long weekend. Or... My work's off, or my work is open on Fridays, but I took off, yeah, so I had a, nice. I had a long weekend, which was great as well. Nice. Zane? Um, honestly, did a lot of driving. A lot of driving. Yeah? That's my holidays for life. A lot of driving. We had a, a really, really low-key holiday with Charlotte's family, and uh, got I got a chance to see you, uh, Zane, one last time there in San Marcos, play uh, your Beatles set mm -hmm. for uh, the marching band. Not marching, but for the marching band. It was on yeah, kit. Yeah, on kit. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, great, 
great set, great uh, music, and it was fun to watch. Uh, and that game was amazing. Uh, go San Marcos. Uh, wow. Bobcat. Go Bobcats, right? Yeah, Bobcats. Okay. I have a t-shirt, but I only have one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I had a great time, but, you know, now we're back back at work. Um, and on that note, I do want to point out that next week, uh, I know we're just getting back into the swing of things, but I've been called away to California for work for next week. So we will not have a broadcasted sit in show. However, just like the last time I was in California, we will have on Tuesday night a, at least an hour-long segment uh, on TikTok Live, um, trying to be at the beach. Depending on the weather, uh, I'll broadcast from the beach again, and that was that was pretty cool. That was fun. We got some good content from that. So whew, that was a mouthful, and that took a whole five minutes for the intro, but I think we can move on. There is a couple of things, and one of which that has picked up steam is this uh, next bit of movie making from Lucasfilm with Taika Waititi as the showrunner. And I'm a little concerned. Uh, I, we were talking in pre-show about how – am I missing chats? Oh, I forgot the chats. Yo, yo. Oh, it's Josiah. What's up, Josiah? Yeah, Josiah, what's up, baby? <laughs> uh, on, on another podcast um, with uh, the Diva Dads, we had the joke that we had seven fans, and they were very loyal seven fans, and they were always here. We have one fan. We have a very loyal fan who's always here. Thank you, Josiah. Um, uh, Taika Waititi, we got, you got to kind of take with a grain of salt. Uh, the guy was first and foremost a comedian, Um and you see that come out in his acting and in his writing and whatnot. So you can't really trust everything he says. But I would like to kind of speculate um, based on some comments he had. He talked about it being more like the feeling you get when you were a kid watching for the first time. And what do you think that means? Um, what does he mean by that? I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep it real. I am I'm not a big uh, fan of some of his comments, even the comments in this article. I feel like he just doesn't. I feel like the last thing the fan base needs is a movie that's going to piss people off. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I feel like we've had enough of those. But I think that if he wants to recapture making films that made us feel like when we were kids, I think that that's a good start. I think, honestly, first and foremost, like George always said, even with the prequel hate coming out, that it was made for kids. It was made for, like, when I was a kid. You know what I mean? And Zane, too. Like, those were the movies we kind of grew up on, you know? And as kind of dumb as Jar Jar was, I mean, I'm sure there were kids in the theaters that were just loving it, you know? So, I mean, I think if you go off of Thor Ragnarok, I think, he can make a good movie. It just depends on, again, kind of like I said last week, respecting the characters. And I think what the Miss Marvel actress said too, making the audience care mm. for your characters too. I think that's something that OG Trilogy did and the prequel trilogy did as well with their, you know, with their characters. So I think if he can capture that, I think he can do it. Um, I don't, think he started off on the right foot with his comments but he's probably his movie's not coming out in the next five years so his comments will probably be 
a mute point by the time it actually comes out. Yeah, and one of the things he said is essentially, I'm paraphrasing, it'll take as long as it takes, right? He's yeah. not, I mean, and they're giving him that freedom. Um, and with that kind of freedom, uh, unfortunately, I believe the fan base is going to increase expectations the longer it takes for him to push out a piece. Zane, what do you think? Um, well, specifically going off of the first kind of quote that was stated, where he wants to capture that joy, you know, that you had when watching the original trilogy. I think for, he wants to make something more magical and mystical and unfamiliar as those were. Because, I mean, at least whenever I remember watching it, it's always just, it's this different feeling, you know? <laughs> when I watch the prequels, I know what's already happening, and I know it's intense and it's there, but when I watch the original trilogy, it's like, oh, what is this? What is happening now? It's a lot lighter and just more airy in regards <laughs> to tone. Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point too, uh, Cam, that, that kind of mixes. Uh, kids don't need these huge kids. That demographic that these movies are made for does not need the huge complex arcs where you're like, what is what and what? If that's what he's trying to capture, then he's going to be right on par with what George has done or did. Um, and it will piss off fans <laughs> because they want to see something that they've grown into. Uh, which kind of, I think, leads to uh, some other things we were talking about in the pre-show. Uh, two games coming out in the next two years. Uh, one, Star Wars Outlaws, is a bounty hunter that essentially wants to get out of bounty hunting and has a way out. Um, really dark. You know, you're shooting people and killing them. I mean, it's not just Jedi Survivor where, oh, we got to save. and do No, it's like straight up, I got to get out of here. Um, those sort of darker themes and Eclipse, um, we've gotten a long trailer for it that didn't really tell us a lot other than High Republic and and some some darkness. So, But again, both of those alluding to a more adult audience. Um, do you feel that it would behoove them to break away from the demo that they're normally making these shows for with the successes of Ahsoka, Mandalorian, that are more adult in theme, do you think these movies should trend that way? I think Star Wars is at its best when it's kind of leaning towards an adult theme overall, especially with, because I feel like, especially with the bounty hunter situation, I mean, of course, they're going to be killing people trying to get out of stuff that they've been doing kind of just to survive you know what i mean and mm -hmm. i think i kind of disagree i feel like survivor at some points was dark you know what i mean true and, and fall fall in order as well i think when especially post prequel trilogy i feel like the galaxy is kind of dark you know mm -hmm. what i mean and i feel like they need to tap in more into that and i would argue like the kotor games when i was growing up were kind of dark in in a sense and i kind of enjoyed them even being a 10 year old you know what i mean so the development within kotor of dark side lore was huge for uh for the universe star wars universe no doubt i agree 100 and i had not considered things like that now the uh 
sweater game, uh, just the old Republic MMO. I was saying in, in pre-show to you, Cam, about how I played that when it first came out for three or four years, and then turn around another three, four years later, Zane's playing it and played it for nearly ten years. You know, like it's it's crazy that this game has had this longevity, and it is a it is adult. Um, kids play, but it the the themes and the amount of slash slashing and, and killing and whatever it just yeah. Uh, oh hey, what's up, Darth Zane? <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Dave? Um, oh, uh, David, if if we're still doing the thing, I'll talk about it on the show. I don't know when that's going to be, but are we are we going to do that or you tell me if you if you text in here in the chat, I'll talk about it. Otherwise, I won't. Um, yeah. So so I appreciate that. I think uh, when when you look at where the most money is made it's not made with kids and toys anymore it's made on pay to win games and again <laughs> the, the black series 35 dollar action figures that we're never going to take out of the box I, it just don't, that's where that real money is being made now does the you know costumes and the the sabers and all the fun stuff that we had as kids but now it's like way better well yeah the kids are buying it and the adults are buying because we love that stuff. Um, I mean, I'm sure you each have something in your, uh, like I've got lightsabers, like a dummy. What am I going to do with these lightsabers? I don't know. I have them on display, but I'm sure each of us have some Star Wars something. It's like, why do I have this? But I have to have it. What is that? What do you got? It's my Thrawn pup. Thrawn. Oh, look at that. Is that a rare one? I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. They only made, well, they only made two of these types, and the other one with the different stickers worth two hundred dollars more. But, oh my goodness! Although my wife's bringing me what I have. There. Oh my goodness! It's the it's the Luke pop. Yeah, oh yes! Oh, yes. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome, man. And I saw another one at the uh, I think it was like GameStop or something. They had that something. I was like, oh, I need that. I don't need that. I'm gonna walk away. Um, but if it shows up in my stocking, it'll have to be a big wide stocking. I wouldn't complain. I feel like too with with the more adult theme, like I mean, you showed Zane Star Wars, right? My stepdad showed me Star Wars. Like it relies on two of them appealing to the audience that grew up with it, has shown their kids, and then you know, I hope to one day show my children. And you know what I mean? And I mean, Star Wars is for everybody in the grand scheme of things, even if it's a darker, darker tone. You know what I mean? And I feel like by appealing to the fan base that grew up with it, who are going to want to show their kids regardless of kind of what's on the screen. You know what I mean? I mean, if it's PG 13, like, you're going to take your kid to go see it, probably, honestly. They just got to make, just keep giving us good content, man. I mean, you said uh, episode three is your favorite. And it was by far, oh yeah, the most oh, yeah. adult of all of them. Uh, you didn't have teddy bears, you know. You didn't. You had Jedi literally being shot down. Like it, it was, it was tough. I could only imagine being as old as I was in what eighty four. I was like ten or about to be ten when uh, Jedi came out, and it was or eighty three, and it was like, my God, this is this is tough. I mean, his dad's trying to kill him. Like that was for me huge. 
now <laughs> like that's that's nothing man that's uh so the series has has grown um i would agree uh yeah i don't know man it's 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 fun to speculate uh ultimately we're gonna get what we get and hopefully disney has learned some lessons already uh in whatever they're trying to not do right now uh that we get some really good stuff quality over quantity Bob said for the for the fifth year probably in a row <laughs> yeah, don't give us another you know ginormous planet killer or solar system killer thing that we only have small tiny thermal exhaust star forge start oh all those star forge would be pretty badass <laughs> and they've already uh, <laughs> it's canonized it's in uh rebels so yeah mm. <clears throat> Uh, last kind of thing in the hollow night, hollow net. Okay. I'll hold off then. Oh, I don't want to show that. Uh, we're, we're working on something really cool here at geek news now and, uh, hopefully have a really cool something to share with everyone. Uh, later. Uh, last thing in the news was, oh, man, this is a great article I read today. Uh, <laughs> on geek news now, shameless plug. Uh, I released something I would love for everyone to go over and take a look at and destroy because lists are always controversial and that's what makes them so fun. So I came up with a list of top five overpowered force abilities um, of which I would say there's two that are really some of my favorite. I know Cam, you mentioned one while ago in the pregame. You want to bring that I got up? Some I got some thoughts, man. I've got Go. some thoughts. All right, Go. so the last one uh, that uh, Dana puts in the article is Force Healing and Transfer, done by Kylo Ren and Rey in The Rise of Skywalker. If you've seen that film, I've only seen it once, so my memory might be a little hazy, but I remember just being absolutely flabbergasted because as a kid, I'm like, that's all Anakin wanted to do, man. He saw his wife dying in childbirth in, in a dream, and he just wanted to be able to save his wife. Well, hypothetically, he could have been able to do that if he got the training. And apparently you can just do it with no prior training or three minutes of training. I mean, it just it makes no sense. And I feel like it. Uh, what, what's what's the right word here? It makes the prequels kind of pointless because you're just able to do it with. I don't know. It's probably explained in some book I haven't read. But it's it seems very I, uh like it, it it devalues his quest right i mean like it i i, I think i understand what you're saying like it, it takes away from uh from his his drive motivation and then it's like a final slap in the face to the anakin skywalker character of Haha, this person just did it how about that yes yes there, there were force healers and legends no doubt about it um to the extent of the life saving and then giving up that life again back into the, so they both learned this, right? That's what I think you're getting at. It's so confusing. What? And then how Obi-Wan could do it. He just wasn't good at it. <gasps> Where did I miss that? Uh, well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it real. The, George always said, I love Legends, I'm getting into it too, but George always said the movies are canon. That's what a lot of the fan base is going to see. And if it happens in the films, which I feel like it'll be talked about in another pod, it was their goal 
they wanted to make something more original trilogy like because they thought people hated the prequels mm-hmm. back when the sequels were being made. <gasps> so you know what I mean? It just kind of falls in line. Mm-hmm. I get there's stuff in books and the comics and all of that, but the majority of the fan base is go- isn't going to be tapped into that mm-hmm. like right. first day us three. And so it's just kind of going off what you see in the movies. And if that's just something you can do now, it's just kind of. Well, the Obi-Wan force heal thing that she's talking about was actually in episode four. When Obi-Wan touches Luke's head after he's ambushed. It's part of the Clone Wars book. Well, it's believed. I've just looked it up. The rumor is, right, the theory is that he healed Luke in episode four. Because he literally did the same kind of movements as Ray did. Okay. So. Why are you not on the show tonight? Please. I, it, I don't like Clone Wars. Not you. <laughs> Solo girl. No. Why are you not on the show tonight? Come on, Solo girl. We need you on the pod. Um, we got to talk. We about haven't this. been on the show in a while. You need to. We got to talk about this. Um, I think that's a great uh, segue into our official kind of discussion tonight uh which is talon um except for i forgot what we were segueing because like solo girl threw me off with the uh, clone wars uh oh the force healing in the the yeah never mind i lost the segue forget it we're not gonna segue we <laughs> don't need a segue let's hop okay, right let's in let's just back it fired up oh so right dark talent uh man so there's there's some good no, you're not sorry. You're not sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me jump over and do this right here. We're going into the dark side deep dive, Dr. Dana. Hold on. Hold on. We got to do this thing because do I, the thing. Do the- I got it for real this time, though. Check it. Here we go. So Darth Talon, <laughs> uh, Twilight, uh, a, a mutated Twilight because she was red. That was a mutation. Uh, yes, Dark Talon uh, is in the Legends or Expanded Universe of uh, the One Sith, which was Darth Krait in his dream. And she was a loyal, loyal follower of not just him, but his vision. Um, there's a lot to unpack with this character. It is the uh, one of the most cult followed uh, cult following of any kind of minor Star Wars character there is. Um, just just an amazing character. Um, when when I my first experience with Darth Talon was in the video game. Well, I started reading the uh, Yojung Bong War and then this started getting into all the, the One Sith Order and all that, and I just stopped. So I didn't get a whole lot of her. I had to get all my stuff um, later. And it all kind of started with the uh, old rep- or, uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes game, which is a mobile game. And you could get her as a character, and she was absolutely sick um i have yet to complete her you know progression to get her super awesome but you put her in there with some of these cats these other sith and she just owns so that was my first experience was oh dark talent who is this she's amazing sith assassin 
What were you guys' first uh, kind of foray into Darth Talon? Honestly, just some leaks about George's sequels and mm -hmm. that she was supposed to be kind of the trainee of or was trained by Maul, you know? And it was kind of like when I was, I mean, out of it, what, like 15, 14, I was like, oh, it's just a girl version of Maul. So, mm -hmm. and I was just like, that's, that's kind of cool. And now having read more up on about her and kind of reading her storyline it's kind of cool i mean i said it in the pre-show like she might have been the most loyal sith of all time possibly yeah which is kind of odd for the sith in general um but i mean she's a cool character it would have been cool to see her concept on screen um but you know maybe we'll get it in the tv show or i don't know you know they they brought thrawn in from the uh, legends, and he's not exactly like Thrawn was in uh, the original Zahn stuff, uh, but pretty dang close. And I would love to see that worked in, uh, like you said. And and yeah, George Lucas saying that Dartalon would have absolutely been in what he was wanting to do or what he would have done uh, is huge for uh, for that character too. Zane, what do you think? Well. The first time of me seeing Darth Talon has just been a lot of fan art. Mm, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I love, I follow a lot of Star Wars pages. And so, well, I'm not talking that kind of fan art. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking like the ones where it's like an epic scenery and you, or like it'll be like Darth Talon in this forest or something where it's just very, a lot of ambiance, a lot, a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> And I honestly never even dug into her until uh, I started doing research on Crate for the show. Just because <laughs> I'm not a... Back <laughs> solo, girl. Wow. Dang. That's a great segue. Great segue. <laughs> Went into what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I got really into... My lighting is real... Uh, old Republic. Right really into old republic and never really yeah. went past the original trilogy and legends so that that is probably the biggest reason why i haven't heard of her or i think i have heard of her but i didn't do any research up until sure crate yeah um and uh, amazing warrior uh she was uh known for her her fighting skills she used uh, a true uh, true i can never say that whatever that was it form four uh the acrobatic you know ah, yoda and all that garbage uh she was very acrobatic in her uh her fighting style very aggressive uh she was trained as an assassin so she was amazing um one of one of the things that i think was in her story where she was brought in and trained i can't remember the dude's name uh but she was trained under whoever that was that he was also a toilet and crate had kind of assigned him to her. And then as her final act of, you know, the getting her official title or whatever, it was like, kill him, kill, kill your master. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like nothing. Dead. Uh, and that sort of dedication to uh, the Sith way is not abnormal. We see that all the time. 
But Cam, you alluded to something that was uh, very different about her, um, that she maybe was the most most loyal Sith ever, if that's a thing. Once you uh, Could you expand on that? I mean, if you look into her story, I mean, she kind of just was following Crate till the end. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't really have any faith in actually turning Cade Skywalker to the dark side, but was still just rolling with it because Crate was like, you got to do this. You know what I mean? And by any means, we need to do got to do to turn him. And I think overall, like, you don't... I mean, even though she did technically kill the person that did train her in terms of being loyal to Crate, I mean, she was just... You don't really see that in terms of Sith, I mm -hmm. feel like. And just pure determination to follow whatever Crate tells her to do, I think, is admirable for a Sith because I don't think we've seen any type of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Any type of obedience? Kind of, yeah. I guess you could say, yeah, that'd be the word. The obedience that we would see was, you don't understand. I must obey my master. That's what we have always got from mm -hmm. uh, from the apprentices. And you're right. In this case, there was none of that. It was okay. I'll do what you say because I believe. Um, and this goes back to when I talk a lot about manipulation versus influence, right? Crate had influence, just like Palpatine had influence. I mean, how else? Yes, you can manipulate and, and get people to do what you want, but not in that grand scheme like that. Palpatine was beautifully orchestrated influence into uh, the Senate into with his bureaucrats. Th there was some manipulation and movement of pieces, but he had influence. Crate did the same dang thing, and he got all these other Sith to go along with him. Like, what? Every Sith wants their own vision and their own power. And he got them all to follow. That wasn't manipulation, man. That was influence. And that sort of influence created a bond with, I think, Talon that different than the, the force bond that, you know, Ray and Kylo have. And the force bond that Cade and her had. Cade Skywalker and uh, Darth Talon had a, had a force bond. Um but different. Uh, I think, oh my god. Oh, there's a throwback to uh, the article we were just talking about. Um, you have unlimited power. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, Zane, I what do you when when it comes to that sort of loyalty? Have we seen anything like that else? I mean, not even maybe in the Jedi Order. You see that? Um, um you'd have to go back as far as i can remember to if you want to include well it's not sith though it's I okay mean, it's not sith i just don't think even revan and his uh, revan and everyone who followed him would be the closest yeah and again because there you go no matter no matter what path you picked it was always yeah they would follow you to the end it's true what is that what is that nugget in that arc or in the those arcs or that writing what what is it that draws us to the dark side and the and, and to be oh my god yes that's awesome what is it i can't put my finger on it and i really never have um i i i, I know that whenever i think of of the jedi order 
there's just so much dang hypocrisy and in, in, in what they did and didn't do and said you can't have attachments and and whatever and i talked about this in the the TikTok live in the pre-show um you had you had anakin trying to rationalize his attachment because through through the use of the word compassion right um and compassion is love and if love is compassion then attachments are encouraged but mm, no, not really. <laughs> not really, Anakin. Um, why do you think that is with, with that? I think that's a huge piece that the Sith encouraged those attachments and the Jedi did not. Why was that? Going, Zane? Yeah, I can go. Well, uh, the Sith with attachments, it's always, I mean, emotions are strong, they're very strong. You can do a lot with emotions, even, even in real life. Yep. I mean, think of someone being hurt or in some way or wanting to start a fight. And then for some reason, you see this ungodly amount of strength come out of them. Like, I'm not a ginormous Michael Jordan fan, but the dude had the flu and came out and scored 28 or whatever in the second half and won the game. Like, that's mm -hmm. incredible. I, it's a crazy example, over example, ex, oversimplifying, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think emotions can drive a real person to greatness. Why imagine having force powers and being able to exponentially grow in that kind of way? This is, a, I think, this fits into what we're talking about right now, even. Um, yeah, David, uh, you, the it, it kind of goes both ways and the amount of power that that these force wielders had at their disposal that they continued to find holocrons and learn and and grow um i don't know i, th I think if you if you look at the jedi it was ooh that that might cause you to doubt so don't don't do it that that might but that was only for everybody couldn't, can we agree that you know Yoda maybe knew a little more than he was supposed to? Um, Mace knew a little more than he was supposed to. Well, I would argue that like the Jedi did have attachments. Like oh, you could see it in the final fight between Anakin and Obi Wan, how Ooh. hurt Obi Wan was when he had when he had finally cut Anakin down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would argue that. In Attack of the Clones, and it might be a little too head cannony. I mean, I would feel Yoda probably felt a certain type of way finally seeing Dooku with the red lightsaber. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you know, in the Tales of the Jedi, I think they captured Dooku perfectly when he's talking to Yadel and he sees Qui Gon after the fight with Maul, and he talks with um, Yadel, and he's like, "They grow up so fast," and then he pauses, and he's like our students to, you know, catch himself, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because Dooku had that attachment to Qui-Gon, you know yeah. what I mean? And that was why I always liked the dark side in a sense, because it felt like you couldn't have, that was, I feel like you achieved true balance in the force when you were able to tap into both sides, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the dark side seemed more reasonable because I mean, 
yeah, you take these kids when they're little and train them up to be Jedi, but they end up growing attached to their masters because they're their father or mother figures. You know what I mean? And so it's just it's just this constant loop, and I feel like with the dark side, it, they always just seem like, yeah, they're evil, but like you get it in a yeah. way. It's kind of hard to explain, but you just get it. Yeah. I mean. So in the uh, First Order, they got children and raised them to be stormtroopers. And what's different than the Jedi? They raised them to be little tiny warriors. So is there a difference in the First Order and the Jedi Order in the way they treated children? I would, I would say no. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Um, thank you, Josiah. Yeah, those uh, Tales from the Jet, those episodes with uh, with Dooku were really good. Um, oh, so good. Well written, well acted, voice acted. It's really good. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about um, her kind of role in pulling Cade. Um, Cade and was, I think, going along with it to get close to Crate. But in the end, he got the best of all of them. He's a, <laughs> I, so some of that story reminded me of Dark Disciple, where you had uh, Ventress and ah, I can't remember his name, uh, but Jedi Master was assigned. I just read the book like two months ago. I can't remember the dude's name. But uh, Jedi Master assigned with Ventress to go assassinate Dooku. And they fell in love and whatever, whatever. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, you got to stop putting Jedi with these dark side women because they can't, they just, they fall every single time. And, uh, Quinlan but Voss? That rem- do it. Quinlan Voss? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No. Was it Voss? Was it Voss? I thought it was. Voss. I'm going to have to look at it. I feel like up. that sounds right. All it right. sounds right, too. Dark Disciple. Look at us. Here's Quinlan Voss. It was you already looked at, yeah, yeah. All right, All right. so yeah, uh, great book. I've talked about it a couple times on the show. Um, yeah, so that seems to start to be a little bit of a thing too. Uh, dark side women and men falling for them, Jedi falling for them. Uh, I think it's a little different with Cade though. Uh, Cade I had a plan, I believe. I don't think he was ever fully being swayed by the dark side, um, and she knew it. I think you you alluded to that earlier that she didn't agree with trying to pull Kate over Cam. I think you said, um, yeah. So I I don't I don't know if there's anything to that. Uh, if if that's something we'll we'll see in other aspects of the Star Wars universe, but we've got two examples right there of a dark side woman leading a, <laughs> a Jedi man astray, uh, if you will. Um, but I, you know, going back to the attachments piece, she she did have an attachment. They had a, a bond. She talent to Kate, um, and I think when when we look at the the way the force bond was explained there versus the way it was explained in uh, what was that the the dyad and the force? Um, it was really explained in the last movie. What was that? Return, Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, it's so impactful. Um, <laughs> I forgot the title. Uh, so we ha- we have that there too. 
this this force bond uh, bit. I I don't I don't know if we'll see any more of that because I I think that's kind of already been done a couple times. Uh, but I think it's interesting to kind of kind of get into a little bit. What is it about in the Rise of Skywalker when we find all that out about uh, Snoke, or not Rise of Skywalker, the one before that, Last Jedi? No, whatever. Uh, Snoke was the one that created that Force dyad thing in between them. So, so we're led to believe, and he says, um, that's different than what happened with Cade and um, Dark Talent. That was something that was not instituted or put on them or put them to get that that just happened based within their battle so um i think there's a, a big difference i'm talking a lot here but i'm trying to get to this point of there's a huge difference i think between those two instances um and one i believe is really pure and kind of cool and that is with I was about to say Mara Jade and Luke. No, <laughs> with, with but here we are again, dark side woman, <laughs> Jedi falling for. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I I don't know what you guys think about that that whole uh, force bond thing, but I don't. I think it's worth kind of touching on. What are y'all's thoughts on on the two different ways and just anything about the force bond, really? I think the. Uh... Darth Talon, Cade, Mara Jade, Luke, it kind of makes more sense as you spend time with the person. Mm -hmm. um, you're connected with them on an emotional level because you battle with them. Um, you train with them. And I mean, I just read there the Empire Trilogy, so the Mara Jade Luke kind of bond that's being built there is kind of fresh in my head. But you know what I mean? And, and it's like all throughout the book. She'll have a conversation with Luke, and it's like, you will kill Luke Skywalker, right? It's in her head. But she's like, just, when I'm reading it, I'm like, it doesn't really feel like, I mean, she can't. She doesn't want to, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. she's seeing how compassionate, despite knowing that she wants to kill him, he's like, well, I want to work with you. I need your help right now. You know what I mean? And I think that the bonds that these, that Talon and Kate have, it's just more organic, and it makes more sense because in the sequels it just kind of felt like i mean really do these people have something in comp like after the fight in the throne room in the last jedi like ooh, it would make more sense as to them having that was kind of the first real organic interaction i feel like they kind of had yeah you know what i mean and so but i think that's just what it is like it's just organic and yeah. how all relationships are kind of are kind of built on you like i mean you're kind of paired with this person in school and you kind of become their friend or something you know what i mean whether it's romantical or just friendships i think so i like your use of the word organic it's more believable because that kind of stuff just happens right i mean we each have significant others and it just happens it's not <laughs> like someone's I mean, moving the chess piece it just happens I, you can't really explain it. I mean, it's just like it's it's like when Leia's talking with Luke. Like, why? Why do you have to go fight this dude? Why do you have to? Go? And he's like, I know, I feel the good in him. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's just that's a organic. I think is the force within it. 
is is the force in nature you know wow that's what the force wow. is that's a so. snippet right there <laughs> <laughs> that's a sound bite no hello tiktok <laughs> that's right you're on there now um yeah so i think the last little bit i want to kind of touch on with her before we move on a little is uh her cult following um we, the the mention of softcore earlier <laughs> and our giggles because we're a bunch of dudes and just giggle at stuff like that um but but no i i don't I, the the twilight species in star wars this is just fact it is uh, a part of slave trade um and sex slave trade as well you see it in return of the jedi um with uh, java owning one and you see uh, all through the games too dancers and whatever um, you could even be a twilight dancer in <laughs> the galaxies game uh, which i did because i got a lot of money dancing and buffing people <laughs> that's what you did and uh -huh. uh, <laughs> god we're children uh so star wars is made for children no uh so so when you take a twilight and then you make her you know even more accentuated in in areas and putting on the armor that she had or lack of armor then yeah there are there is a lot of fan art out there that we would not show on this show uh but my point is more, wow, how captivating this character was or is that there are so many people willing to spend all this time creating them in other positions or situations, um, which is is okay. It's art or whatever. Uh, did she have to look like that or be like that? No. Um, but she does, and would Cade have been attracted to her otherwise? I don't know. Maybe. You know, Captain Kirk, she had red skin, blue skin, green skin, didn't matter. Um, five eyes or two, didn't matter. Uh, was Cade like that? I hope not. Captain Kirk was kind of gross. Um, but <laughs> when you when you look at, at the amount of, of that following, I, I don't know that there's any other character. Oh, there is another female character uh, that I've seen a lot on like that. Bounty Hunter. Um, Zam. Sam? Zam. Zam? I think so. Maybe not. No, not Zam. I'd see Aura Singh over Zam. Nah, it wasn't Aura Singh. Ah, anyhow. Um, I just thought it was cool. Uh, that is the... I don't know, I'm trying to talk this in PG-13. It's just not working. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, like, I, I've... I feel like she can be feminine in her appearance, you know, kind of, I mean, attractive, right? But yeah. still powerful, right? I don't feel like anything that kind of, when you, yeah, you have some fan art that can't show on the sure. screen or whatever. But it's like, I mean, she can still, I mean, you can still be attractive and powerful at the same time, you know, and I mean, whether you're fully clothed in a, with a mask <laughs> on or, you have Darth Talon attire or Slave Leia attire. I mean, I, I don't know. No, and and I uh, Star Wars has never been. I I have disagreed for a very long time with the fan base that says that there's no you know women in Star Wars that are powerful. Whatever Leia was, uh, she was badass. Like that's the fun. first. 
she was amazing. And and all the little girls wanted to be Princess Leia, and all the boys wanted to be Luke, and we all played on the playground and fought and had fun. Uh, Dark Talon would absolutely powerful Sith Lord or Sith Assassin that uh, just would own, could do acrobatic uh, saber fight. Just amazing. I would love to see this in live action. I would love to see her in live action in, in a in a real movie. And so going back to what we talked about earlier in the show, George Lucas, do you think that Taika Waititi might include some of that in his or is he not capable of that series? <laughs> no, talk to me. Zane, go me, ahead. You started shaking let me, first. Let me pull up the quote. <laughs> he said it will be a Taika. To, I can't say his name. Yeah, yeah. It'll be one of his films. It won't be a Star Wars film. And so, yeah. I think, regardless on content of the film, which we now know that at some point in the process, Filoni will have his hands on it. Mm, true. Hope what they say. That's what they say. Um. I just, I do not, I think he's going to take it in a completely different direction. Looking at his previous movies, I don't, it's not convincing enough in that, in that favor. I don't think he's going to do anything like that. Now, I love Ragnarok. You brought that up earlier, Cam. Um, but I would not love Star Wars in the style of Ragnarok. It's too bright. Well, I mean, I, Saw it when he was Taika Waititi was talking about the Thor movies. He's like, I didn't read the Thor comics as a kid. Like, I just thought this would be a great way for me to feed my kids. I was poor, you know what I mean. And again, I I talked about what the I don't know her name. I think it's Iman something. The Captain, the Miss Marvel actress, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, talking about how they can get people back in theaters, get the Avengers Endgame level hype, right? I mean, I said it last week too. You got to get people in there that love star wars they love the world they love the genre you know what i mean and i mean if taika Waititi is going to go in there and just make his own film like okay well you're a good filmmaker we like ragnarok but like do you understand star wars like do you mm -hmm. are you going to create characters that fans are going to want to interact with and buy the toys buy the shirts you know what i mean yeah. have the posters in their room I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, you get somebody like Dave who's got a Plo Koon costume or figure in his garage. You know what I mean? You got a Sam Woodward. You got a uh, Freddie Prince Jr. type. You know what I mean? Like, you get those people in there that actually care about the story. They care about the world instead of just a bunch of people that are in there trying to make a quick buck. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of where I feel like movies as a whole have lost have lost their way in mm -hmm. a way. And I feel like if he's just going to go in there and do his own thing, that's cool and all. I want it to be good. Like I said last week, I want Star Wars to be great. I love people that love the sequels, even if I'm not the biggest fan of them. But like, we got to get some people want to make good content that understand kind of kind of the boundaries that we're set in, you know? Yeah. And hopefully if they let Dave do it, they can do it. But I mean, I don't know. I... I don't. I think he's going to create something that we've probably never seen, and it may be good. Rogue One was great, but yeah, never know. And he's directed some of the uh, 
episodes of Mandalorian, I believe, um, along with some other folks that hadn't didn't have huge Star Wars Black backgrounds, episode? and they did great, huh? Was that the Jack Black episode? Uh, that seems more his style. Um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head which episodes. It would um, make sense if it was. Let's see. Because we have the interwebs right here. What was it? Uh, Mandalorian. Chapter 8. Did you find it? You're so fast. Wait, that wasn't the first season. It was first season, yeah. I think he's yeah. done a, a few in multiple seasons, I feel like. He was also yeah. uh, IG-11. I didn't realize that. He was also in... He's the guy that stopped the revolution, right? That was. I think that was him, too. <laughs> it is. Aurora Singh. Uh, Man, I think... I think Darth Zane. That the... That's what we were talking about earlier. So yeah, I guess it was Aurora Sing. Aurora. Yeah. Aurora Sing. Aurora. Not Aurora. Aurora Sing. Aurora Sing. Aurora Sing. Yeah. Um, Aurora Sing. Is that the go. bounty hunter they find on that one planet in the last? That's film? in uh, in the first one. Whenever the pod race is happening, they show a glimpse of her. She's uh very pale. Taking care of. Little... She's like a Sam Indiana. shapeshifter. She, anything she wanted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sam. Yeah, yeah. Aura, Aura, Aura Singh. Uh, Aura. What else cool. here? So yeah, uh, let's move through this. So when we look at uh, truly loyal cage for the oh the fan theory piece of all this. So we were moving into this, uh, seeing if maybe a dark talent type hold up, figure hold up, would hold be. Up. Oh, talk to me, Goose. Oh. We already did that. We're now in this fan theory. <laughs> We're talking about yeah. what's going to happen with these new movies. Um, uh, shoot. Yeah. So do you do you feel that uh, I don't I don't I don't want to spend whatever on on Watiti, but is is it in the right hands? And I guess only time is going to tell. But I, with Dave Filoni at the top, do you think he's going to have the red ink pen uh, power over what is released the way that Kathleen Kennedy apparently has? I hope I I, I don't I don't know. It could be fifty fifty. I want it to be true, but. If he has that power, I don't know. do you think we're going to get a Star Wars Ragnarok type movie? If he has that power. In what um, era? He gets vetoed. <laughs> Depends on if Kathleen goes over him. We just need, um, need more speeder bike shots, I think is what... You know, this, <laughs> I love those memes. They're freaking hilarious. The speeder bike <sighs> memes with Hera. Yeah. Oh, same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, unnecessary. Can we say that's unnecessary? You don't need that. This is this is Disney. This mm -hmm. isn't your daddy's Star Wars. <laughs> this, is, this isn't Leia, <laughs> slave Leia. This is this is Disney. Um, and I think the that is a shift in uh, 
they, Disney used to be very subtle in those types of things for adults. We would get the jokes, right? Um, it just seems very blatant. Um, and I think it's fitting that Hera was brought up there, um, considering we're talking about Darth Talon, who is very seductive in nature. She got her way by doing certain things or speaking in certain ways and then enacting her own embodiment of the force on them to get her way. Um, that's not a Hera on a speeder bike type character at all. Um, and if we don't get characters, I think like that from the dark side in the next couple of years with the acolyte, with um, the uh, eclipse, whatever that's going to end up being, um, I think we're gonna they're gonna start really losing us, um, the fans with jobs and money. That continue. <laughs> uh, uh, can I? Is that not real though? I mean, no, we're the that, ones that, that is, fund it. That is that is that is. I mean that that's the take. That's why. I mean. I'm glad you said that because that was that was what I was going to allude to. I would argue they've lost a good fraction of them already. That's kind of what I said last week. Dave coming over might have been too late for some mm -hmm. fans, at least. I mean, I think nine years ago today was when the Force Awakens trailer came out. Like I remember watching that, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Star Wars is back!" Heck yeah! And I, I mean, mean if we get human, right, Finn popping up in the desert. A stormtrooper with his helmet off in the middle of the desert. What's going on? And why is he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, what are we about to get? And if they can capture something like that, I feel like we can we can be on the right track. But I don't know. I, the acolyte's going to be pretty big because they need to <laughs> just say just say. They they gotta they gotta um they. That's gonna that that's gonna be a hit or miss for a lot of people. I'm hoping it's like HBO style or budget for the Sith. That would be great, but it'll be hit or miss. I feel like. What Zane? Nothing. Oh, I thought I was you crossing were my fingers. Crossing your fingers. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk about Love and Thunder, Darsane. I was about to say, yeah, this, uh, <laughs> you're like, we don't, we don't talk about that. that. Man, we could have gone all night, David, without hearing that. Come on. I laughed so hard though with the with, with the goats though. I don't I don't think my wife and I laughed that hard since probably the first Deadpool movie. That was just I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I you know, I, I remember sitting in the theater uh watching the second one. Um Right at the opening, uh, second, uh, sorry, episode seven, eight, whatever. Why was it the Last Jedi? Uh, sitting in the theater watching that in the opening, the moment Luke taught, like I was curmudgeon, like that's not my Luke. You know, they lost me. They lost me five and, minutes in. I'm I'm out of there. It's tough because I I want more content. I want more star wars and i want to find the good in them um just like luke found in his father i want to find that good and that second movie or episode eight is not the greatest of the three for sure the worst in my opinion um oh one per season what tv directed one per season awesome uh 
What do y'all think was worse, the character assassination for Luke in The Last Jedi or Thor in Love and... Repeat that? Hmm. What was what? Oh. We lost him. He locked up. He's, he asked, what did we think was worse for the character assassination of Luke in The Last Jedi or Ooh. Thor in Love and Thunder? It's tough. I probably Luke just for me because I grew up with expanded universe and what he became. He became mm-hmm. way greater of a Jedi than what they even depicted to him at the end, giving his life force projection across whatever guy. Like yes, amazing superpower. Probably should have made the list of top five if I'm being critical of myself. Uh, but that was not the Luke I was expecting to get. Shame on me, I guess, for expecting a certain type of Luke. But I don't think it was wrong for for us to want that. Um, I don't think it was wrong of them to not give us that either. Uh, there was nothing about that character that I think Luke uh, Mark Hamill has been vocal since about he didn't like it either. Um, but ultimately... He acted his ass off and did his best for that role, and I have super respect for him. I think uh, our boy uh, Thor, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth, yes, Chris Hemsworth, uh, probably felt the same way. And I haven't seen anything. Uh, doesn't mean he hasn't said it. I just haven't seen anything where it was like, yeah, that that was stupid. Uh, but I acted my ass off, which he did. Uh, he's you know a consummate professional. He said that he said that if he came back and did another one. He, he he would prefer it to be not what the last two films had kind of portrayed Thor as, mm-hmm. um, which I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, like yeah. it's their, like it's their property. Like they own it; they can do whatever they want with it. They have no right, right to give us, like you said. But at the end of the day, like no matter what Kathleen says, there is source material. Yeah, and um, we know there is stuff to go off of for the future mm-hmm. and you don't have the original three interact with each other on screen in your sequel trilogy when they're all old of age that's when it made no sense yeah you had a hodgepodge it's a great point you had a hodgepodge yeah. of, of opportunities where everyone kind of saw each other but never everyone at once um our heroes lost at the end of the day Han yeah. and Han was a deadbeat dad who failed. Leia, I don't know. I guess Leia didn't really have any type of she arc. Flew. I feel like, yeah. And Luke quit the Jedi because his uh, nephew had a bad dream. <laughs> Nightmare, night terrors. Yeah. And Leia, I you know I I would say she wasn't what we anticipated her being. Um, not from what we learned in the expanded universe and. Her and Han were, were awesome together. They were a huge force against, you know, the battling against evil, forces of evil in the galaxy together. Um, and even in times when they weren't, you know, super solid, they were still together and they still made shit work. And I think it was, I think we missed out on <coughs> Jade and Luke and we missed out on all those things that made these characters going back to what you said about Sith in general, more relatable. I could relate to Luke and his struggle with his father. For anyone who knows me in my past, that makes total sense. 
Um, I could relate to uh, Emperor Palpatine later on in life, wanting to do this and that with my life and, and my vision and needing to learn uh, how to influence folks to, to get there. Um, when I look at these new movies, it's like, ah, if I don't have a forced dyad, I guess I'm not going to have a hero situation. <laughs> like, oh, and it's someone else that gives me that. There's no control I have over. That's where I feel like these movies really miss the mark. They pulled the control out of the individual. Yes, you have the control to go light or dark side. Uh, but those critical pieces, the, our, our heroes had no control. Our heroes weren't heroes. I mean, how unlikable is the New Republic now? Like, I haven't gotten too deep into Legends. Like, I just finished Air of the Empire Trilogy, so I'm still kind of going. But, like, I feel like the New Republic now, especially in the TV shows, they are just trash, so man. unlikable. And, like, oh, my gosh. Like, in the Expanding Universe, there was a lot of the political that came out, and I loved it. I loved getting to see the inner workings of it. I loved that the Bothans, which were huge in Return of the Jedi and the success through their, their spying, um, ended up being like the ones that were in the Senate were totally like underhanded and destroying shit from within. Like, like, like that's that's meat and story to to the story. Why these things are happening, and we we just don't get any of that. Um, and we didn't honestly, we didn't get that kind of stuff in the original trilogy. The super uh, political workings in the background, we got more of that in uh, the prequels, for sure. Um, but we got none of that in the, <laughs> in the uh, sequel trilogies. But may, may, mainly because the New Republic was destroyed. Um, so we didn't. There wasn't a lot of political anything to that. Uh, I, I don't no. know. I I hope, I hope, I hope the content they continue to give us in these next few years is good. I want the Ray movie to be good. I don't know if it is going to be, but I want it to be, and I just want I want I want the fan base to be rocking. You know, mm -hmm. that that's all. That's all I want. Certainly there's risk, right? Getting material like Thrawn. Thrawn was a huge risk for for them uh, to bring into Rebels. And they did it successfully, but they did it carefully. They did it not exact, but they did pay homage to the original you know, through Zahn's character. And I believe, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, they actually talked to Zahn as a consultant for the character. Yes. Well, because Zahn had uh, already got the green light from Disney to write the first Thrawn book itself when rebels was starting to be made. And so uh, it, it made, it was a no brainer to have the character who made Thrawn be a consultant for how Thrawn was handled. And it was talked about that both uh, Mickelson who voiced Thrawn, like he had talked to Zahn about how to do all this stuff and how it would felt, but also the voice actor in all the books and the audiobooks had talked to uh, Timothy Zahn as well, just because of how important he was to Thrawn the character. And so I think that is that is the only reason why Thrawn was as good as he was in Rebels. It was because they did use Thrawn, or uh, Zahn. Ladies and gentlemen, our resident Thrawn expert, <laughs> Zane Martin. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, Darsane. I, I don't know if I agree with that that take. I, I don't know. So, I, so yes. In, yes. Uh, but 
exile for obi-wan was about watching over luke it wasn't about exile and um exile though for yoda was i gotta get the f out i agree um completely yeah. with that um i failed and i but see i my my problem isn't with with what they did it's why they did it i think it's not that's not the loop that i knew from and i get it it's the expanded universe is not canon but that's my biggest was my biggest hang-up i couldn't get over sure you introduce ray finn and these other characters which are essentially the characters from the first uh <laughs> uh series but um all these all these characters i i didn't know they were fresh and new but you brought in a character that i did know and it was out of character maybe not for what you're stating and i agree uh david but it was out of character for what i knew him to be based on what i had read maybe not the, fair for me but the main the, i feel like the main problem is and, and I, this is kind of answering what uh david said earlier kind of like they had they had been training or whatever it's so much of the sequels that happens off screen yeah. and mm -hmm. it doesn't really kind of make any sense like i would have had no problem if luke you know fails the way he fails say if we saw it in force awakens you know what i mean how he's just ben is turning to the dark side He's failing his best friend and his sister and his family by losing this kid to the dark side. And in a moment of weakness, he just he tries to end it, which I still honestly at the end of the day don't really agree with anyways, because his mass murdering father, he saw good in. I feel like Luke sees the good in everybody. He saw the good in Mara Jade who wanted to kill him. That was her mission. That's what she told him, you know, and I, no, I don't know. It, it, that's not canon. Oh, okay, but it's some it's some sort it's some sort of source material, right? And no, I just I, I I just I don't know. I we can we could talk about this till our mouths go dry. No, I get it. The loot that that we knew, not even expanding universe. The loot that we knew that was the only person in the world that believed. Even his own sister didn't believe his father was savable. Leia didn't even believe that Kylo was savable. That's a whole other episode. Um, Alpha didn't Leia believe was he was savable. Who? Palpatine didn't believe. He was like, you can't turn him. Like, he is he is so far gone. Like, I have done my job. Foolish like, boy. He's, he's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not turning. And Luke's yeah. like, no, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. So I, I agree with you. I, the the Luke that, as he was portrayed in the, in the films, would not have tried to strike down his nephew. Just, I can't imagine that. Um, but that's what we got. And that is canon. And that's what happened. So that's at least for now, unless they wipe it and start over, which I don't see them doing. Um, oh man, we got some good stuff here. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. I love this. We're gonna have to get Josiah on uh, on our Cantina Happy Hour with Darth Zane. Uh, I'm I'm saying we gotta. I would love to talk about this for hours. We can not tonight though. It's already nine twelve. Oh, look yeah. at this. Boom, boom, boom. He failed because he failed me. He fell back exactly what his masters had done. Look at this. It's good. It's good. All these comments will end up in the, uh, what you call it, won't they? Yeah, they end up on the feed. 
just letting folks read this it uh, is honestly a brilliant portrayal of the character so Darth Zane likes what they did from Luke Skywalker and I see that point too that you made uh we made him human again uh in the in the in the expanded universe <laughs> there, what what I miss I haven't seen that this high is fired up. We're about to get yeah. to the oh, of this, probably. <laughs> My guy's fired up. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, yeah, it's it's that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true too. You know, you got uh, Yoda. Everyone loved Yoda. Yoda fighting Palpatine. He lost. What? Like I, what? And we knew that had to happen. This is you know the precursor to to all the garbage. But. Uh, Seeing that played out on screen, that was that was tough. Yoda was like, Yoda. Oh, worse. That's like people. Great. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is. <laughs> oh, I guys fired up. Man. Uh. So yeah, let's wrap it up. Great show tonight. I we talked about um, uh, several times about uh, what he and his project uh being talked about this last week as well we talked about the new games coming out uh, the more adultish uh with outlaws and eclipse we also touched on how dark talon was amazing character well written um loyal to the end which is just a rarity to just sit as a sith sit in a spot and know that's your role and just be that um I mean, even the Inquisitor, Grand Inquisitor had, you know, his own, <laughs> his own uh, what, what motivations for doing what he was doing. So uh, then we went to what? Oh, we talked about George Lucas and how he was like, no, totally. Dark Talon would have absolutely been in sequels that I wrote <laughs> and which is amazing. And not for the reasons I think that, I don't know, George's, he did put Slave Leia together, so. He's, he's he's just a character, man. He, he's, so, he? he's he's so funny. <laughs> he's like, uh, yeah, I don't I don't consider Legends canon, but I'm going to use that character yes. for sure in the movies. One hundred percent. Wow, Lucas. <laughs> yeah. uh, what that's, else? That's oh, we, all, t- we talked about uh, article on GeekNewsNow.net top five overpowered abilities. Go argue there, Josiah. Uh, I'm sure you will disagree with something on there. Uh, also, make sure, David, you go tell me I'm full of it on whatever. We did talk about one of them, uh, two of them, actually, I thought. We talked about the uh, Dark Nihilus Force Drain. And then, what was the other one? Did we talk about another one? The last force. one? Oh, the, oh of course. Healing. We got into Force Healing. <laughs> force healing, force tra- or, uh, uh, Essence Transfer, I think, is what officially Essence Transfer um, and here, you take it. No, 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 you take it. No, please. Wait, I didn't expect you to actually take it. Like, that's one of the situations at the end of that movie where she saves Tim, he saves her, and then everyone's like, oh, sad. Don't forget uh, that giant snake lizard she healed, too. Yeah, was I was going to bring that up earlier. That was... I'm just going to walk up to this beast. Um, but the ability to i guess that's another ability is uh what do you call it not animal mastery but there is uh, like a beast mastery force power that is in uh canon because what's his name uses it anakin uses it on or whatever on the beast in i can't remember the name of the beast in the arena 
on Geonosis. So yeah, that Cal, is a, Cal tames uh, in the games too. Yeah, I think in Survivor he tames the little bird things you can fly around with. I yep. think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, the Dathmir, which is Night Sisters, tamed uh, Rancor monsters through the Force. So those are cool, man. Those are cool. Uh, yeah, we talked about a lot of stuff tonight, man. And thank you, Josiah, uh, for letting us know this was a good episode. We hope to think that they're at least somewhat enjoyable. More enjoyable than, let's say, Thor Love and Thunder. So... <laughs> On that note, any parting shots? What do you guys get going on this week? Cam, what do you got going on? I honestly don't got a whole lot going on. Just gaming, Survivor, working. Uh, I think my mother-in-law's birthday is on Sunday, so we're going to go see her, and that's pretty much it. Actually, I think I'm going to go ride in a Tesla on Saturday for the first time. Me and Josiah's buddy just got a Model Y, so we're nice. going to go check that out i've never ridden in one before so i'm pretty Go cruise cool. for 300 miles before you have to charge awesome <laughs> Just... hey, it's not my car i like it's it not... though <laughs> rolling that coal power all right so <laughs> uh zane what do you got going on any tournaments or anything mm, i don't know honestly all i know is i got finals coming up next week oh godspeed man i don't miss that <laughs> Oh, you know, I've seen you uh, and talked with you through the show, through text, seeing you, you know, a couple times. I mean, a lot this month. Um, and I've yet to ask about your actual grades in school. So we'll talk offline. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the perfect time to talk about it. <laughs> right in front of God. I'll let you know after finals. <laughs> yeah, let you know after finals. I'm pulling for a 72. If I make a 72, is all I need for the season. My daughter, she uh, she's going back to school as well. You know, God bless her uh, with being a, a mom and working and you know, wonderful husband. To, you know, there as well, uh, doing what he can to make sure that she can go back to school. So great on her. She was so excited. She uh, got a B on one of her exams. <laughs> My response was, "Woohoo! B's to get degrees, man!" <laughs> because whew, if I if there was yeah. We'll leave that for another episode. Uh, but no, good on all y'all. I Again, folks, we talked about the top of the hour, or top of the hour, top of the show. We are not going to be live next week. I will be in California, and I will hopefully be in a position where I could do a live TikTok, and we will be maybe at the beach like last time. So all that being said, we will be back the week after talking about, I don't know, but we will absolutely let you know when we know. And Cam, Zane, we'll see if we can't get y'all back on. We'll have to get Solo Girl or maybe we pull Josiah and Darth Zane on for a little bit to uh, oh, yeah. go at it. I would love that. <laughs> oh, man. All right, folks. Well, Cam, thank you for joining. Zane, thank you for joining. Great show. And we will see everyone in a couple of weeks. And remember, kids, peace is alive. There's only passion. Good night.